Welcome to Free Your Children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth in love about education. There is a battle raging against the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and have storage needs, you can reach Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com and they will take care of you. If you would like to sponsor for your children, you can contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. I'll be happy to send you a sponsorship package. And if you are a supporter of biblical education and you would like to make a donation to Free Your Children to help us be able to continue to do what we do here, you, there's a donate button over on my website, freeyourchildren.com. You can hop over there and check that out. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, email for your children at gmail.com the borough pulse that's b-o-r-o-p-u-l-s-e.com i am a monthly contributor to the pulse and i have my own author page so if you type in my name tiffany boyd and then the borough pulse all the articles that i have pinned to date about education will come up if you haven't had an opportunity to check out for your children's new website you can find it once again at freeyourchildren.com I'm very excited to have our guest with us tonight. Her name is Jenny Tetzner, and I met Jenny when I was invited to be on the Homeschool Loft podcast. So Jenny has branched off and is starting a new adventure, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to get down to business. So Jenny's passion has always been teaching. She is committed to helping children and their parents foster a love of learning together. She has earned a degree in early childhood development, is Montessori certified, and is a strong proponent of Charlotte Mason's philosophy of education. As a speaker and events coordinator, Jenny has modeled successful learning not only to children but to parents as well. Jenny and her husband, Joel, recognize that their children are gifts from God and chose to center their days around teaching and learning alongside them. Though both children have graduated from Tetzner Academy, the family continues to seek out new opportunities to learn together. This year, Jenny and Joel opened the Learning House. The Learning House is a place that focuses on investing in hearts, enriching the mind, and learning together. At the Learning House, they are delighted to offer learning opportunities intended for the whole family to learn and grow together. The Learning House is dedicated to creating a space that brings joy to learners and it inspires home educators. The Learning House provides a classical Charlotte Mason approach to home-based education. Welcome, Jenny. It's a wonderful joy to have you with us tonight. It is a joy to be with you, Tiffany. Thank you. Well, tell us. Now, you and I met when I was invited to appear on the Homeschool Loft podcast, and that yes. podcast is still going strong, correct? Uh, yeah, we're kind of in a little hiatus right now as we organize here at the Learning House, but okay. it's still out there to listen to. Yes. Okay. And you have launched this new venture, which is the Learning House. Tell our listeners all about what the Learning House is. Yeah. 
Well, let me start by just reading a quote that we have, um, which will be eventually on our website, which is in the process of getting built. But it is um, written by Mary Ellen St. Cyr, who is the co-founder of Ambleside School International. Uh-huh. And this kind of just embodies just our thoughts and, and what we think. It's, it's the meat and potatoes right here. She says, when one sees the learner as an individual created to bear dominion in this world, the necessity of training in habits of good learning and godly living becomes a guiding principle. And we saw, you know, just through the homeschool loft, we've met hundreds and hundreds of parents. And we quickly realized, and Tiffany, I know you can attest to this, that, you know, it's it's not just the children who've been indoctrinated through these schools, but this goes back even with the parents. Exactly. Right. And so we found this need. Um, we would explain and explain. And for me, uh, Charlotte Mason is really the centerpiece of her philosophies is what we stand on here at the learning house. It's, it's not curriculum. It's nothing like that. It's a way, it's a way mm -hmm. of living. Well, we could talk that until we were blue in the face and Joel and I just had this desire. You know, we worked with so many moms and dads that we just, we need to show them. We want to be a part of that. We want to create an atmosphere here where it's not school. This is mm -hmm. not a school. It looks nothing like school. We, we don't have little kitty pictures hanging on the wall. Um, when we want to bring our children to beauty, we put beauty before them. So it is, we are located in a building in the historic part of East Pier. The building is so great. It's 1800s. And um, we model, we just want to model what this looks like. So we meet one day a week with the kiddos and we have a mom or a dad who rotates through so that they can kind of watch to see what this goes. All the while, we also have um, groups for moms and dads where we go through Charlotte's writings mm -hmm. and kind of in the vein of what Charlotte had way back in her day, the House of Education, which she founded, where she taught governesses and actually had mother schools where she would work with the mothers and teach them. And it's it looks so different then what they see, what there is in this world now, we strive to be completely opposite of the world. And in order to do that, we knew we need to just, we had to make it come to life. There had to be a physical location so that we could work with parents. How exciting, Jenny. And I think you touched on something right then when you said that it, the parents have been indoctrinated as well. Yes. And, I, and I see this often doing what I do when parents come to me. Oftentimes I will tell them one of the very first things I say is this. You have to unlearn everything that yes. you think you know about education. Absolutely. And I would just uh, to touch on that, too. We we have right when you walk in up the long staircase, um, Education is an atmosphere, it's a discipline, and it's a life. And when we talk about atmosphere, we know that in these uh, government schools, there are improper conditions of the atmospheres. The use of moralism is mis... There is not even... I don't even know that it is there. Mm -hmm. The use of guilt. The teacher uses her perceived desire of the students to please her as the motivating factor, misusing their affection. The use of competition. The, the use of comparison, mm -hmm. children strive to improve for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. or they give up altogether and they're defeated. Here, we know, we know this, Tiffany, you and I know this and, and our listeners hopefully as well, that 
um, there was only one educator, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the one who compels. And so we, we look at this, we say education is an atmosphere. It is an atmosphere of the home. It's an atmosphere of the heart. Yes. And, um, therefore we train in godly habits. That is the discipline every day. We're bringing our children either left with bad habits or right with good habits. And when they're trained with truth, it is a life absolutely. never ending education. Yes, absolutely. Jenny, can you, we might have some listeners that are listening that aren't familiar with Charlotte Mason or even know what we're talking about. Absolutely. The Charlotte Mason method. So could you explain to our listeners, what is the Charlotte Mason method? Yeah. Well, Charlotte Mason, at, at the time of her death uh, in 1923, she was considered by the Times to have had a personal influence, probably more widespread than any of any educationalists of her time. She developed an educational philosophy, which proved popular in the late 19th century Britain. She has 20 principles that are what we stick to. The very first one laying the foundation for the rest to hang upon, which is children are born persons made in the image of Christ, image bearers of Christ. So when we look at them as persons, we can relax and know that God created them to be who they are. We, we can pour out all of our thoughts and desires upon a person but that doesn't change who Christ made them. They will be who God created them to be. That's why the atmosphere is so conducive. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much filling them up with what we think. The learner's education is the learner's job, right? We can, we can yell and we can scream and we can hold prizes above their head. But at the end, Charlotte just looked at the person. Mm -hmm. And um, back then in the 1800s, children were looked down upon as less than. Mm -hmm. And so she treated them just as a person, not as a child, but looking at them, who will they be in awe? God created them. And so they should be treated with respect. But she did it in a way that was not um, filling them, indoctrinating them with their own thoughts, you know, the adult's thoughts or the teacher's thoughts, but the child through showing them beauty and goodness and um, just beautiful things, an atmosphere that would be conducive to an adult should be for the child. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. Yes. Uh, yes. Why do you believe that the Charlotte Mason philosophy works so well? You know, there are tons of homeschool communities around the nation, probably around the world that, that implement this method. And it is very effective. Our homeschool, our personal homeschool, our family is very sh heavily Charlotte Mason influenced. Why do you think it works so well? I think it's just because it's the way God created us. Uh, a Charlotte Mason education is a natural way of learning. Mm -hmm. You know, for instance, in schools, children are required to sit behind a desk in a stale atmosphere where things are dumbed down for them and they're taught what to think instead of how to think. They're not recognized as persons. In a Charlotte Mason education, Students grow through the breadth of a liberal education, a liberal arts education, all subjects for all students, not just dumbed down. 
a relational education. We can say this about learning. Until the person has a relationship to the thing, will learning happen? And so her desire was to keep the lessons short so that the students were trained in a habit of attention. Now in school, like I said, they're required to sit. It doesn't matter. Nothing is taken into consideration about the child at all. It works because it's a natural way of learning. We can force somebody to learn something only to appease the educator. Mm -hmm. And if that information hasn't been made a, a relationship to the learner, it's quickly forgotten. How do we know this? We'll look at college. We can force our children to go off to college and if that's not something they really want to do, it's money wasted. They never go on. It's it's all for naught. But when we look at how we learn, we have to look at how we learn, how we're no different than children and adults. Same thing. We can't separate the two. The learner will learn what they have a relationship with. And I think that's what makes a Charlotte Mason education so different. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. We all know this. It doesn't matter that there is a, a teacher telling you, you have to do this. And, and she gives you her bent on it, or he gives you his bent on it. It really comes right back to the person, whether they receive it, whether they want to know that, or they don't want to know it. We know this from going through school ourselves. We can Absolutely. all be in a room, right? All, all of us can be in one room, 20 adults. And I can promise you, none of us know the same things because we haven't formed a relationship to the same things, which makes an education. Absolutely. And Charlotte Mason really cultivates, in my opinion, a lifelong learn love of learning. Yeah, absolutely. It and never it, ends. No. And it, it also teaches the children, I feel like, to take responsibility and ownership of what they're learning. That's right. Education's function is not to give technical skill, but to develop a person. Mm -hmm. And that's truly what it is. Not a product, a person. You, you also, your, the learning house also focuses on a classical approach to learning, correct? Yes, correct. What are the benefits you believe of a classical education? I look at, for my own sake, I, I was changed. This was life-changing. If we look at the idea of the trivium, the trivium is a Latin word, tri, we, tri meaning three, and weum, roads, way. The grammar stage, the dialectic stage, and the rhetoric stage. If we break this down, we can be released. This is how people learn. In the grammar stage, let's take Starbucks, for instance, real quickly. In the grammar stage of Starbucks, Tiffany brings me to Starbucks. I've never been there. She goes to the bathroom. I go up to order. The lady says, what do you want? I say, I'd like a small coffee. And she says, oh, we we don't call it a small coffee, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know the grammar of that. I, I don't know the grammar. But mm-hmm. Tiffany continues to bring me. I continue to learn. Tiffany says, oh, this is real easy. It's just called a, I don't even know what is a small called, a grande. <laughs> it's called a grande caramel macchiato. That's what you want. And we keep going and I'm making connections and I'm saying, oh, I get it. If I say grande, that's going to mean small. And now I can just fill in all of these different flavors and I'm going to get this thing that I want. And in the end, we keep going to Starbucks. I know the lingo so much. I know all of those basic grammar things. I've connected the two through the logic stage. I understand. I can present the material back. I can repeat it. I can teach somebody else. Now, when we understand this, there's no reason for grades in school, A, B, C, D, E, or F. 
No reason, no reason for big tests. Either you know something or you don't know something. When you can tell something back, you've demonstrated that you know it. If you can't tell something back, you don't know it. Charlotte Mason knew this, which we know narration was a key factor. Mm -hmm. When the child hears and can tell back, we know. They know. Yes. They, they can relate that. So I think people are set free knowing. That's why I involve two elements because they just are monumental to me. When we understand the trivium, and I tell this to parents all the time, listen, this is why grades are for meat, not for children. Okay. Either mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they, they failed at something if they, if they don't get it right. It just means maybe they're in the grammar stage of that subject. That's it. Right. Great point. That's fantastic, Jenny. What yeah. a blessing you are to the homeschool community in in the area where you live tell our listeners your children have have graduated homeschooling correct correct and I'm certain that you use the Charlotte Mason model and the classical education model with your children how do you think that that prepared them for adulthood oh I can say um that they the key factor here is because there was no fail Because Mm -hmm. we demonstrated that all of the learning was their responsibility. It was upon them. And there was neither, that's neither here nor there. It's what they make of it. For instance, I I will use Noah first. It prepared him. Um, He went off to launch a podcast himself, a history podcast, which right off the bat hit 10,000 downloads a week. He never went to college to get a history, a history major. Um, He, he just on his own had the confidence. He had the confidence to contact places like Oxford University, talk to these professors and invite them on his podcast. Well, the thing grew. He was able to travel and do all of these things. He started at 16. And mm-hmm. I truly believe when we release that, when when there is no element of fail, right? There's when that element doesn't exist, that you are always somewhere within the trivium, you're somewhere learning in the grammar stage, the dialectic stage, or the rhetoric stage. It's, it's constant. There's room. It's gr- education never ends. And Madeline is that same way. She's a musical girl. So we provided an atmosphere of her to do those things, a buffet of all the different ways. And so she was able to be in theater. And again, this is confidence. And I can say that I was more terrified to do the things that my children, now young adults, do. Right. I could have never done because I was always under this weight of feeling as a failure. And Mm -hmm. so when I say the trivium released me, I truly believe that. I always felt not, I'm just not smart enough. I'll never know math. I just don't know these things. And I remember meeting my husband who, you know, graduated from Purdue and thinking, how do I not know this? Why did I not learn this in school? Right. I learned that that's, it's not that I'm dumb. It's just that I'm in the grammar stage of a subject. And so that was important for us, Joel and I, to, you know, have that as an atmosphere in, in our home. And so, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Yes. That's what I was going to say. What an amazing testimony. Tell me, you you touched a little bit on it just then a buffet. You spoke about a buffet. Explain to our listeners the concept of setting out a buffet for your children in terms of learning. Sure. Well, um, a broad curriculum including all the things we can never know where our children, and I would say, let's not view them as children. We have to have this wide 
broad curriculum ideas. We want them, we, we want to put a feast before them so that they can dapple in this or that. We can see kind of what sticks, what doesn't stink, where, where their interests are. We don't know. We don't know, but we know one thing. They will someday be 45 years old. They will someday be 23 years old. So current events, civics, ec economics, history, philosophy, worldview, fine arts, all of these things. Some people think, oh my goodness, how do we pack all of this into our day? Well, Charlotte didn't do that. It would be short, little, kind of like a buffet mm -hmm. at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. We would never go up to the table and eat all of the things. We might take a little cornbread. I say it because you guys are Southern. That's right. <laughs> the listeners, right? <laughs> might take a little cornbread. We might take a little potato, but listen, we're not going to take the whole thing. So we spread before them. We give them all of the things that they can come to and have what? An idea. Every single thing begins with an idea. Yes. But we we want to make certain that what we put before our children, first off, is truth. And coming from a person who is passionate, every idea we get, we get from books. Mm -hmm. We And they're passed on and on and on and on. And so we spread it before them. We see we see what, what they'll take, what they want. And eventually, as they grow and they you know, they, they do, they're not locked in to just one thing, just the arts or, you know, not just a liberal education, not just a STEM education. It must have a broad curriculum for all students. Right. It really is a feast. Exposure it, to all yes. of it. Mm -hmm. a, a feast of, of rich topics that, that introduces them, like you said, to a broad variety of topics. And then that lets them figure out what they're most interested in. Yes. Yeah. And that's where we've been stifled. I mean, if you've been to a government school, there is zero of that. Right. Zero. <laughs> exactly. You're, they're <laughs> going to be teaching to the test so you can score well on whatever they call their test in the state where you're, that child is going to school. Yeah. And that's so indoctrinated. That, yes. That's why it's so critical here at the Learning House that we, it is not just about the children. We This is what makes us different from most co-ops. Uh -huh. It's not just about the children. This is about, it's it's mandatory. They fill the papers out. You know, we do a, a process where we check who the parents are out that, you know, see where they're at. Mm -hmm. But this is when you are signing up and you've been accepted, it's, it's not just your children. You are committing to educating yourself. Yes. And I think that's so important because I think for a lot of parents, when they, especially if, if their children have been already enrolled in a public school and they decide to make the transition to homeschooling, so many of them, as I said before, come in with a preconceived notion of what education is, but mm -hmm. their only experiences involving education have just been what they have seen within the public schools. So they're worried about their children being behind. And I like to say, and I read this somewhere, I think the only behind in homeschooling is the one that you're sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely, and I am living proof of it because I did grow up with that mentality. Yes. I'm, you know, behind. 
Well, you know, I tell parents all the time, I say these things not because I'm trying to be derogatory. I was that parent. I was a product of the government school system. Then I graduated from public schools. I went to a public university to be a public school teacher, Mm -hmm. graduated from the public university, and then launched my career off into the world of being a, a public school teacher. So I was completely indoctrinated into all the things that I thought education were supposed was supposed to be. And so it was a journey for me. And I truly did have to unlearn Mm. everything that I had been taught about education. And I'm still doing that because learning is a lifelong process. Yes. And it's, it's interesting when I meet with parents too, because, and, and we all fall Tiffany into this category, right? It's this, this golden calf idea of, you know, what education and, but I see them go in and out just Mm -hmm. like all of us, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you get it so clearly all of these things, you know, even Charlotte Mason's philosophy, you know, her principles will be so vibrant and so bright. Yes, I got this. And then all of a sudden in the next breath, there's that fear. Is this enough? Are we sure? I mean, should, should the lessons really be 10 minutes? Are we kidding? You know? And so it's, it's a constant forever, ever rethinking, relearning. Yes. And sometimes reprogramming yourself Yes, Uh, Yes. because if you have spent um, the majority of your, your educational life in a system that tells you that, you know, you go to school, for six and a half, seven hours a day, you know, you, you have to score well on particular tests to prove that you are worthy of being able to move ahead. And, and so it just becomes this encumbersome, you're so encumbered with all of Mm. these preconceived um, misconceptions, because that's what they are about education that I tell parents, you know, oftentimes they will come to me and, and it, this is just a natural process, I think, because they don't understand. They oftentimes try to put the cart before the horse. So what I'm seeing is, and especially in Tennessee, I don't know if you've been keeping up with what's going on here in Tennessee in terms of education, but there was a law that was passed, um, they call it the Tennessee third grade retention law. And so these students in the third grade, if they didn't score high enough, um, according to the government standards of where they should be on the portion of their standardized test regarding reading, then those students would either be retained or required. Yes. Or required to go to summer school or be forced into, you know, tutoring. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so all we're watching all of this unfold now. So these parents are scrambling across the state of Tennessee because a lot of these children, well, let's face it, the majority of them, the statistics, you know, the stats are back in. So the majority of them failed. They failed this portion, of mm. the test, which, mm-hmm. which means that the majority of third graders across the state of Tennessee subject to this law would not be eligible to go on to the fourth grade. So parents are, are scrambling and they're panicking and, and we're looking at all of this. And, and a lot of these children have been on a roll kids, you know, doing mm-hmm. well in school. They just didn't test well on this particular section of the test. So I think for parents, they're, they're considering their options. And so there's a, a large population of parents that have decided, you know what, we're, we're tired of this uh, government school model. And so we're going to dip our toes into homeschooling. But the very first thing that they ask is, which curriculum do we choose? Oh, yes. 
And so I I tell the parents, hold on. And I just pinned a piece for the Borough Pulse that should be released any day now. Mm. And it it talks about some steps that you can take if you're interested in in making the transition into homeschooling. And one thing I tell parents is choosing a curriculum should never be the first step. That's right. The the first thing that you need to do is unlearn everything that you thought Mm. you knew about education, number one. So it's going to take some work on the part of the parents because they really need to do a deep dive into what education really is. And then number two, research the different methods of homeschooling or models of homeschooling and choose which model or method you think is going to work best for your family. And that may vary from child to child, but that decision is then going to make a huge um, influence on the curriculum that you choose. Yes. Because that's exactly right. Yes. Because if you're, if you're just, if what do you think that homeschooling is, is just recreating the public school system at home, (sighs) you're, it's going to be an epic failure. That's right. That's right. I would even say, um, you know how we, we'll take it back to this. Uh, education is an atmosphere. It's a discipline and it's a life. Absolutely. And that whole, that whole curriculum thing that you're talking about, same, mm-hmm. same with me. I shut it down. Nope. We don't talk curriculum, but I will say this, according to Charlotte Mason, the, this is quote, Charlotte Mason, the atmosphere mm-hmm. in which a child gathers his unconscious ideas of right living emanates from his parents. Mm-hmm. Every look of gentleness and tone of reverence, every word of kindness and act of help passes into the thought environment, the very atmosphere which the child breathes. He does not think of these things, may never think of them, but all his life long, they excite that vague, that vague aptency. I may have said that word wrong. Toward things, toward things sordid or things lovely things earthly or divine. But this is what we say. This all comes back. It's not about it's not about a curriculum. It's not what you don't do an education to your children. Right. They are the self-learners. Right. It, it, you know, right? It is the atmosphere and we know these government schools all of this this is not there's no atmosphere. Those are improper conditions of what we would call an atmosphere. Exactly, and it's why we have what we have today. Jenny your children have graduated. So why are you so passionate about homeschooling and the Charlotte Mason method and the classical model? Why are you so passionate still about all of this, even though your children have graduated and launched? Tiffany, that question was a question that I have asked the Lord so many times. I can say that right from the very beginning when our kiddos were, we were just in it, in this homeschooling world, just uh, a blip. I knew I had this craving that I could not, I knew it was right. I, I knew that there was no other way. And, and I suppose it comes from this idea that I was government schooled and I did feel bad about myself. I grew up with those loving, kind mom and dad, a beautiful environment in my home. But the truth was I was not home. I was at school all day and it makes you feel bad about yourself. So I knew in this, that this had to be something forever. I, there's no other explanation. I even say so many years of studying the classical model of education, studying Charlotte Mason. And oftentimes, especially after the kids were graduated, I sat at my desk one day with all of my papers and all of my stuff. And I was enrolled in the uh, Charlotte Mason Institute for some classes. And I thought, Lord, 
what is it? Should I be doing this? Should I be, will I ever do something with this? What is this? It's just, I'm compelled because it's truth. It is truth. And I know that so many times that parents, and this is neither here nor there, though I think every parent should be as passionate about this. I know that they, you know, homeschooling, raise the children up, they've graduated and then it's done. Well, who's going to, who's going to testify? Who's going to say, right? Who's going to, who's going to be there? We need to have voices more than ever more, more than ever more. We need to tell people the truth. Yes. I I totally agree. And I share in that passion, Jenny, because, you know, I believe that when you know, you should do better. And now we know. And so I feel like it would be an injustice not to share the truth and love about education. And, And I say often that one of my many goals and missions of Free Your Children is to be who I wish I had had when we began our homeschool journey. Yes. Because all of those years ago, before the internet and social media and all the modern technological advances that we have today, that really does make homeschooling so much more accessible and convenient. And at the tip, you know, you can sit down and at the touch of your fingers, your fingertips, you have access to a million, well, a million plus resources. But back when we started homeschooling, we did not have that. We didn't have a support network. And and I still see the same questions that I had coming up today, 20 years later. Yeah. So it's, you know, we are in a position, those of us who've been doing this a long time, and I have three that have graduated. We're still homeschooling our younger two, still have eight more years left. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I know. And that's, you know, I see public school parents, you know, a lot of them can't wait till the journey is over. But I see a huge difference in a lot of the homeschooling families because the way that I have always felt about homeschooling is there's never enough time. Mm. And every time Mm. we graduate another child, I say to myself, where did the time go? There isn't enough time to cover everything that I would love to be able to study alongside my children because, you know, Mm. homeschooling is an extension of parenting and you're learning together and you're doing life together. And it really is a beautiful thing. And I know that the families there um, in your state will be blessed by what you're mm-hmm. offering at the learning house. Tell our listeners how they can find you, Jenny. Well, we are in the works. Our website is in the works right now. So I'm going to just uh, give you my email. That's where I've been receiving all the things. Mm-hmm. So eventually we will have uh, the learning house website, but for now you can contact us via my email, which is my first and last name, Jenny Tetzner at rocketmail.com. That's fantastic. And when your website is up and running, I will have that linked over on the Free Your Children page so that if you're in Jenny's area and want to find her and be able to benefit from all the Learning House has to offer, that information will be there. Thank you, Jenny, for joining us tonight. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in the Middle Tennessee area, safestoragetn.com has all of your storage needs covered. And I want to leave you with this. The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Revelation 3.5. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless. 